0: We are coming to you live from Boston, Massachusetts, and the Republic Broadcasting Network, where you can handle the truth, October the 20th, 2020. Good evening. My name is Frank Allen. Tonight, Janet Phelan and I discuss the United Nations and Nils Melzer's presentation on October the 16th of this year. Okay, Janet, are you in the green room?
1: I am right here.
0: Okay. Good evening, Craig. Good evening. I guess we're all set to go.
1: Yes. Um, I want to thank you uh, so much for having me on the air again. Um, I was recently on your show uh, discussing this letter we put together to send to Congress and also to AG Barr about, uh, about surveillance abuse and what's happening to us. And um, I just noted that Ella Free has just posted my interview with her on this subject on her YouTube channel as well. And I want to thank you so much for all the work you did on this, Frank, and um, because it is of enormous benefit to the community. So uh, before we get into, start getting into the Meltzer Report, I just want to say a few things about my background, because um, some people are saying peculiar things about me, uh, and I want to kind of establish, you know, what it is I have done with my career. Um, I did my undergraduate at a liberal arts college in Iowa called Grinnell College, and then I transferred to UC Berkeley. Where I studied a wide range of topics, uh, mostly having to do with East Asian politics, also psychology, also journalism, and um, I didn't go on to graduate school in journalism immediately. I was too busy writing for a living. <laughs> I uh, was actually kind of taking off as a reporter, as a freelance journalist, and. I've uh, had articles published as a freelancer in the Los Angeles Times, Orange Coast Magazine, uh, San Bernardino County Sentinel, Long Beach Press Telegram, WE Magazine, a slew of national women's magazines, and so forth. So it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I decided that I was going to go ahead and go to graduate school in journalism. And I was very lucky because I only applied to one school. I applied to the University of Missouri at Columbia, Missouri, which is one of the top three journalism schools in the country. And uh, thank goodness I was accepted because I was convinced I'd get in. And actually, I only got in on the second second calling. So I was very lucky to have been accepted. It was a marvelous school and a marvelous experience. But the fact is that I grew up in a journalistic family, my father was uh, a reporter at the Saturday Evening Post until it closed in 90, I'm sorry, closed in 69. And at that point, he uh, could basically write his own ticket. So he wrote for Forbes, Fortune, Esquire, New York Times. Also, he worked freelance. He also published three books, the first of which made the cover of Time Magazine. So I always say that yes, you know, I, I went to these uh, uh, institutions of higher learning, but my real edu- education took place at home, um, growing up in that household. So um, I have one book. I have one nonfiction book out. That's entitled "Exile." I have another book that should be published. It looks like this spring, on the pandemic. So. Uh, I also have a couple of books of poetry out, but that doesn't really qualify me as a journalist. So I just kind of wanted to, to, you know, kind of pave the way for for what my experience was before I get into this report. Was there something you were going to say, Frank?
0: Oh, nothing. I I was just going to say that uh, uh, I just marvel at all your achievements and your father's achievements as well.
1: Well, thank you. My father was an exceptional person and I just try to live up to, you know, to, to his standards. He was really quite
0: amazing. Well, um, I think, I think that you have done that. And then some.
1: Well, that's very kind of you. I, uh, you know, I think about him a lot. I, I, I wish I had him here as a sounding board. I have so many challenges these days as a journalist and I, if he were here, you know, if I could, if I could turn around and say, Dad, what, what should I do about this? It would really help me. But, you know, the best I can do is rely on his memory. So, um, actually, uh, he's relevant to what we're going to be discussing. So I'll be bringing him up a bit later on. But I want to start, I want to get into Meltzer's report. Um, because I know that the targeted community was expecting that he was going to address the issue of cyber torture, and he did not. Um, I found his presentation uh, on October 15th at the UN, I found it to be absolutely stunning. Um, As he stated in his presentation, he was departing from his usual focus on laws and, and so forth to look at the real psychological roots of, tor- of torture in terms of why it keeps happening. He kept referring to um, laws and norms which prohibit torture, and then he kept saying that it's happening anyway. So we have, he said we have a wonderful normative structure and nobody pays attention to it. And so in pursuit of explaining how it is that torture persists, he made some some very strong statements about uh, the nature of human psychology. And I have to say that that this report of his really struck home for me because what he's saying, in essence, is that um, there are sort of built-in psychological uh, structures that we all have that mostly we're, we're not conscious of that get triggered when we are in a situation of excessive fear. And, um, he used, uh, he he made several comments about self preservation, self determination, self affirmation, self justification, self gratification. All of these are very primary to the, uh, the survival instinct. And, uh, He says that self-interest, when triggered by excessive fear, can end up with human rights violations, which are simply irreconcilable with the norms. And this really makes a lot of sense, because we see this happening not only on national levels, but we see this uh, kind of response personally in our own lives. People who are targeted see uh, these sorts of actions by other people repeatedly. Um, whether it's self-gratification, they think they're going to get money for doing something; self-justification, they, uh, they they tell themselves, "Well, you know, I've got to do this because of blah blah blah." And they're just igno- They're compartmentalizing their conscience, and they're ignoring the fact. This is wrong and that they are deceiving themselves. And this issue of self deception also came up repeatedly in Nils Meltzer's presentation. And uh, he, yeah, he mentioned, uh, and this is a, a direct quote, the innate human tendency towards self deception and denial. And he said that it must be recognized and managed, and that normative frameworks to address this innate human tendency to deceive yourself, these normative frameworks have to be uh, built into societal structures and they have to be reinforced. And um, I found this to be a very, very interesting, actually kind of groundbreaking, revolutionary presentation that he made to the U.S. Um, now, the U.S. had a very interesting response to this, and I understand that you're ready to play, I guess, about a minute of the U.S.'s response. Is that correct, Frank?
0: Yes, I have it queued.
1: Good, because we're going to be discussing this. Uh, so please do go ahead and play. Uh, this is Matthew Olmstead with the State Department responding to Nils Meltzer's report. Here it comes. I don't hear anything. I think so.
0: Okay, we've got an audio issue, so uh, that's not going to come out. But basically, he rejected uh, Nels Melser's presentation in its entirety. Although he comes back to comment on various parts of it. Now, why this is not playing, I I don't know. Okay, I'll send you that.
1: And let him know that it's the minutes that we want. 6.03 to 6.48, I think.
0: Yeah, 6.03 to 6.48. And... um, I will put that in the chat here in a second. Oh, I see. What, a very oh, everything disappeared. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, I can go ahead and start discussing it. You'll um, have and it. And then maybe He'll if it comes through, we can stab. play it. Okay. Yeah. Is that sure. all right? Yeah. Okay, um, yeah, like, like Frank said, uh, the us representative essentially uh, rejected most of what Meltzer had to say, and he was affirming that the us is um, is uh, absolutely opposed to torture in any form, and it will you know it will go after and prosecute torture in any form. Now, in fact, uh, the legal definition of torture. In the U.S. code, it is legally defined as something that occurs outside the borders of the U.S. So, as legally defined, there cannot be torture inside the U.S. Okay? You can look up the code yourself. That's what it says. So, uh, when he talks about all of the efforts that the U.S. has made, to rehabilitate torture victims um, you need to be aware that the U.S. certainly does fund some of these torture rehabilitation agencies with the stipulation written in that no services can be given to U.S. victims of torture that occurred inside the U.S. so if you go to a torture agency and you say I was tortured in the U.S they will not be able to serve you because their funding disallows it so the us has done something very clever here they've defined something in a way that gives them no culpability and no responsibility is something the us has gotten very good at um, so
0: okay i think that uh, mike is He's typing now, and I think he's going to tell me that he's got it.
1: Okay, let's see.
0: Yeah, he says the audio isn't working for him. And I can, with this board that I have, I can I can mix anything together. And it's just not coming through for him either. So um, somebody well, does summer. not want that to be heard.
1: Well, that's really too bad. Um, well, um, anyone can go to the, U, the, um, the presentation that was made on October 15th, the morning of October 15th, the third committee at the UN Human Rights. Um, and uh, you can listen to what it was that, uh, that Matthew Olmsted, the representative from the US had to say. He also uh, made a point of stating that he does not agree, the US does not agree with many of Meltzer's statements um, specifically about about uh, Julian Assange being tortured or Chelsea Manning, who was put into solitary confinement and became so distressed at what had happened to her that she attempted suicide. That also isn't torture. So um, the U.S. is getting, I believe that Meltzer has in a sense um is pushing the envelope um with what is happening in the u.s and his his next report given the call out for documents that he made recently he is he is uh attempting i believe to push countries into a position where they have to acknowledge what they're doing
2: okay janet I didn't
1: want to interrupt you, but uh, I guess that is working. Great. Okay, let's go for it.
3: As Secretary Pompeo stated on September 23rd, the human rights enshrined in our founding documents abhor the notion of torture in any form. America's values are universal values, and they are based on the sanctity and protection of individual rights. The United States played a leading role in in enacting the Convention Against Torture. And we remain trailblazers in the campaign to end torture and related practices worldwide. We are staunch advocates for the rights of the victims of torture. We continue to provide support to the UN Voluntary Fund for the victims of torture and other programs that assist in the rehabilitation process, as well as advance the elimination of torture through effective awareness campaigns and human rights trainings for security and law enforcement officers.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah I, think, yeah, I think that'll do. Now, now, please note that he's talking about torture worldwide. He's not talking about torture in the U.S. because it doesn't happen there. Now, I went ahead and did, uh, I checked with a whole bunch of u.s torture agencies and every single one of them told me that they cannot help u.s victims of torture who were tortured inside the u.s their funding prohibits it however there is one exception and that is a torture agency in chicago that was set up specifically to address the fact that there was a sort of a coven of police officers in chicago that were torturing uh, black people in order to get them to falsely confess to crimes. And this became a huge scandal in Chicago, and this particular uh, police abuse torture agency was jump-started in order to address that. They are only addressing the Chicago situation via the police. but it, And apparently they're also having some funding issues but this is the only one we have okay going to break right
0: Uh, yes you got that right on Uh, we'll be back in three or four minutes and we have Craig LaForest from Sydney Australia when, when we come back
4: thank you Is your
5: property a financial burden and causing you grief? Have you tried to sell but can't find buyers? Or are you just too busy to sell your property? Don't worry. We have the right solution for you. We buy properties as is, with cash, close in 30 days, and pay all closing costs. Our service is ideal for property owners who are in pre-foreclosure, have high-end repair costs, experiencing financial hardship, going through costly divorces, are relocating, need cash for retirement suffering family loss, or have tax liens. Whatever your situation may be, we can help you sell your property and get the money you need. If you own a single-family home or multiple family units, call us for a free consultation at 888-910-1037. That's 888-910-1037. Or visit our website at cashingproperty.com. That's cashingproperty.com. Sell your property fast and leave all your worries behind. ¡Gracias!
0: We are coming to you live once again from Boston, Massachusetts and the Republic Broadcasting Network, where you can handle the truth. October the 20th, 2020, what does time fly? Good evening, my name is Frank Allen. Tonight, Janet Phelan and I discuss the United Nations and Nils Melzer's presentation on October the 16th. If you have any questions, call me anytime in the U.S. at 508-857-8334. Call into the show live and ask a question. Get involved at 800-313-9443. Or just listen at 605 Okay, I'm going to ask you people to keep your questions brief because we're, we have to cover a lot of ground tonight. And if we don't cover it tonight, we'll have to pick it up again. So, um, Craig, go ahead.
3: Frank, good to... Can you hear me?
0: Yes, sir. Can you... You can hear me. Yes, sir.
6: I'm calling from Sydney, Australia, and thank you again, Frank, for your support for all targeted individuals throughout the world. We are suffering through the torture of AI and mind manipulation and torture from direct energy weapons, I spoke on your program several months ago, and excuse me for really wanting to jump in. I just received an email that you were talking about Nils today when I came home from lunch. It's it's Wednesday afternoon here in Sydney, Australia. And I was obviously very disappointed. I'm attacked every single day. The more I speak in the public about what I go through with uh, my implants, my brain implants. And I am frustrated, as are so many hundreds of thousands of people around the world, as to why the perpetrators continue to do this. I applaud Niels for what he tried to do at the United Nations. And I think it's, a, it's an early step, as somebody mentioned, that it's an early stage for Niels to step in and talk about this. is unfortunate he could not use more direct terminology because many of us uh, wrote to uh, the United Nations about our situation, about the torture we go through every single day. As I mentioned, I am tortured with direct energy weapons every single day, I'm woken up every morning, I have uh, V2K voices every single day. And I don't know what else we can do. We are an enormous amount of people. I have reached out to James Cameron, the director of Terminator, and with whom I lived in Malibu uh, several years ago. I have tried every opportunity to get through to James Cameron, who I believe is behind my V2K. We went and saw uh, thought transmissions at iLabs in Seattle, Washington several years ago and i reached out to him and I don't know what else our community can do to go to people to say, listen, you are somebody who is really perpetuating, you are somebody who is pushing science and technology to its limit. We are a God-given earth. We understand that there are many religions on this earth, there are many practices. We are all healthy people who want to do the best by ourselves and to give back. My relationship with James Cameron, it was one of a very arrogant man and he will not respond to me. And since I saw thought transmissions with him in Seattle, I have had V2K and I have had uh, direct energy weapon, uh, weapons burn. Uh, we try to do the best we can. And all I want to really say is without a question is I applaud you so much, Frank, for keeping this discussion going. It is outrageous that so many people around the world are being hurt. Families are being blown apart people are uh, committing suicide and as i mentioned i'm i'm speaking as much as i can in the media about this in australia we have quite a few v2k victims down here not a lot not as many as in the united states and in other countries but now we're on a, a new dilemma with this virus and these perpetrators keep hurting individuals who have had basic surgery in hospitals or gone to a dentist surgery and ended up with some form of uh, implant So all I wanted to say was, from Sydney, Australia, we applaud what you're doing. Thank you so much for the work you do, Frank.
0: Thank you, sir, for the work you do in Australia as well. And would like to have you on as a guest very soon.
6: Thank you, Frank. Have a
0: good evening. Good night, sir. Okay, Janet.
1: Yeah, Um, right. So I I want to address... um, what, what's going on with Nils Melser and these reports. Because as um, I'm sure you know, Frank, uh, there were a couple of individuals in the community who were insisting, who put it in writing, who actually appeared on, one of whom at least appeared on your show, stating that this report on October 15th to the UN General Assembly by Nils Melser was going to address cyber torture. And it did not at all. So when we get back, we're going to go into that a little further.
0: Okay. Thank you, Janet. And thank you all for listening. We'll be right back in three minutes.
6: Extend life
0: with ExtendoVite. ExtendoVite really works. Here are some reviews from Amazon.com. Amazon customer, 5 out of 5 stars. I'm quite happy about it. This product has relieved what appears to be an angina problem, pain in the chest after climbing stairs, and short on breath. I'm quite happy about it. Dr. Sam Surreal, Good product and ingredients. Kept my blood pressure normal after mild heart attack in 2015. Switched to plant-based diet also to reverse atherosclerosis. John Bispico's. 5 out of 5 stars. Built up my immune system. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend
6: your life with extend over.
0: Good evening, my name is Frank Allen. Tonight, Janet and I discuss the United Nations and Nils Meltzer's presentation on October the 16th. If you have any questions, call me anytime in the U.S. at 1-508-857-8334. Call into the show live and ask a question. Get involved at 800-313-9443 or listen at 605-313-0163. We have an exception this evening. Uh, Janet has a lot of ground to cover and... We need to spend some time. So, tonight, I hold the calls? Thank you. Go ahead, Jenna.
1: Hi, Frank. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that towards the end that we might be able to take some more calls, but I do want to get through this. Um, I'd mentioned early on in the show, I'd given some of my background as a journalist, and um, I also want to mention that in 2010, um, on the advice of a Dr. Joseph Zernick, who um, was a retired college professor and also now is living, well, last I heard, living in exile from the United States, he had to flee as well um, due to enormous police misconduct after he he became an activist and he started doing research about courts and dirty judges and so forth and he was visited with a SWAT team in Beverly Hills so Joseph Cernick uh, was was he was a smart man and he was on that plane getting the heck out of Dodge so he advised me around 2010 how to set up an NGO so that I could uh, participate in and file documents in uh, United Nations treaty uh, accords. And the very first one that I was involved in, um, and there have been several, was the Universal Periodic Review of the Human Rights Record of the United States. So under the mantle of this NGO, which I called Ithaca, um, Ithaca being the, uh, the, the, that was the homeland of Ulysses. Um, you probably remember in high school reading the Odyssey or, you know, so forth. And and um, Ulysses or, or Odysseus, uh, as they called him in another language, had all these adventures, uh, incredible experiences as he was just trying to get home just trying to get back to the way things are supposed to be right so understanding the significance of of that I, I named the NGO Ithaca and my co-chair was a medical doctor named Dr. Catherine O'Loughlin so um so um I participated in a number of of human rights uh, processes in terms of submitting documents and also covering as a journalist wearing that hat, and also participated in and covered um, disarmament conventions, uh, particularly the Biological Weapons Convention. So, um, based on my understanding of of how the UN works. I was a little bit dismayed um, when uh, members of our community were saying that the special rapporteur was going to address cyber torture. I was a little, little dismayed because I, I, I initially reached out to Nels Melser's office and he denied it. So very recently, I thought I better stand down and just let things play out for this uh, October 15th presentation because you know I didn't know what was gonna happen. I didn't have uh, anything except this denial. So just this past week after the presentation, which did not mention cyber torture, I reached out to Nils Melser's office again and I'm going to read my email to them and their response. So it was sent to Koat um, Alir, who is Nils Melzer's assistant. It was also copied to Rupert Colville, who is with the High Commissioner on Human Rights, and also to my editor, Michael Edwards, at Activist Post. So this is the email I sent. I would greatly appreciate a response from your office on this matter. There are a number of individuals who are confused as to the intentions of your office to address what is called cyber-torture. I am trying to get to the bottom of what is being promoted by Magnus Olsen and his colleague, Liliana DeLuca, in order to honestly state what your office is doing. In a broadcast last week, Liliana DeLuca also stated that your office is working with Interpol in order to resolve cyber torture attacks. I have had previous contact with Interpol on this issue and do not believe this to be true. And then I wrote false hope in the case of those inflicted with systematic attacks is not hope at all. It is not sustaining. It does not engender change. I would like, if possible, a clear statement from your office as to whether or not you are investigating claims of cyber torture. It is my understanding that your office has received hundreds of complaints on this. And this is the answer that came in on uh, Tuesday, today. Dear Janet, this came in from Alir Poet, the assistant to Nils Maltzer. Dear Janet, we are not conducting at this point any investigation on cyber torture. The reference being made may perhaps be in reference to the Special Rapporteur's report on psychological torture, where there is mention of new technologies being used. However, this report is already published and presented to the Human Rights Council in March this year. Regards. So, so um, um, I have a question.
0: Um... How does this relate to the uh, coalition against uh, cyber-torture that was formed?
1: You mean the... the, the well, um, my understanding is that the moving uh, forces uh, with the, uh, this coalition, if I'm not mistaken... There are several individuals involved who have been going on the lead of Magnus Olsen and Liliana DeLuca, who have been insisting that uh Nils Maltzer is actually investigating this. So the email as of today says he is not. Now um, all I can do as a journalist is to ask questions and report on the answers. I do need to say that. In response to this forwarded message, and I forwarded this message to a number of the individuals with the European Coalition on Cyber Torture, um, as a response, uh, Liliana DeLuca is saying a number of things. Um, For one, she's saying that it's, it's a secret. These are confidential investigations so that... His office is, of course, denying it. Now, isn't, um, the, uh, is isn't that, the UN is supposed to be I'm sorry, Sorry, go ahead. ahead. Isn't
0: the UN supposed to be totally transparent so that the information is there for all to see?
1: Um, well, that's an interesting question. Um, Nils Meltzer himself has insisted that one of the problems in addressing issues of torture is that, is that nobody's being transparent. And he insists that transparency is extremely important here. Now, one of the problems with what Liliana DeLuca is saying about, well, this is all a secret. So basically what she's saying is their office is lying to you. We know better. And it's a a secret. Well, if it's a secret, why is Liliana DeLuca going on the air talking about it? Why is Magnus Olsen going on the air talking about it and writing articles about it? Um, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's just simply, from given how, how Nils Mouser is insisting on openness and transparency as regarding torture, um, it doesn't make any sense.
0: I just wanted to say that uh, uh, I always look for the truth. And all anybody would have to do is produce documentation, uh, communication. I mean, the public, the community, the targeted community deserves to be informed, especially on the advent of something that was delivered today. They should be um, sending out copies of you know, emails that they received saying, okay, this is uh, to be downplayed in the community so that we can work. Uh, but you just can't say that it's a secret because that makes me want to dig into it. And I don't like... Well, it, isn't,
1: se- it isn't being downplayed in the community because Liliana DeLuca and Magnus Olsen are, you know, they're, they're putting out messages on, on websites, they're going on the radio. So it's not being downplayed. They're, they're playing it for everything it's worth, actually.
0: Okay, well... I like things to be out in the open so that uh, everybody gets a chance to comment, uh, send emails. Um, I mean, at the bottom of Mr. Melzer's video, all the people are commenting on is, why is cyber torture not mentioned? Uh, Why aren't you doing more about this? Why aren't you... Why, why, why? Well, these people could have come up with the answers. Um, and I go by the top where the, do- where the buck stops, and that's Nell's Melzer's desk. And if you're getting information from subordinates, they have been instructed to do so. So I'll let you... Carry on.
1: Well, you know, I'm reporting on, on what it is uh, that office said to me after um, the October 15th presentation, which failed to mention cyber torture. They're saying we're simply not addressing it now. So, um, I unfortunately have to bring up something else because Liliana De Luca has also now uh, been. Uh, sending out messages saying I'm a fake pseudo journalist. I'm a this very defamatory messages. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. Anybody uh, who wants to see them, I'd be happy to forward them. But I um, I I want to to say something about attacking the messenger, and I want to bring up my father again. Um, as I'd mentioned, he was um, a journalist who had uh, achieved a rather Uh, substantial position, uh, writing for national magazines, and so forth. And uh, when he covered uh, Jim Garrison's uh, attempts to prosecute Clay Shaw uh, for the only man ever brought to trial for the assassination of John F. Kennedy, uh, the Saturday evening post sent my dad down there to New Orleans uh, with the hopes that he could figure out what's really going on and um, actually what happened was the reason they sent my father was he had a he had a prior contact with Jim Garrison because he had written an article for the Saturday Evening Post on Jim Garrison a couple of years prior. Um, Garrison was a very colorful character and the title of the article was The Vice Man Comet and it was when Garrison was Ended up as DA in New Orleans, and it was sort of a profile piece. So he already had an in. Saturday Evening Post thought with Garrison, so they sent him on down there. So what happened was that Garrison saw my dad and saw a friendly face with this media feeding frenzy going on, and said, "Hey, let's get away from this. Let's fly to Vegas, and I'll give you what I got. I'll show you, you know, I'll show you what I've got on this place, Sean." So Garrison and my father convened in Las Vegas and Garrison gave my father a stack of documents, which my father actually stayed up all night going through. And what he uncovered in these documents was uh, something that was so profoundly illegal in terms of Garrison's attempt to... um, indict Clay Shaw that my father not only published it in the Saturday Evening Post, he ended up testifying at the trial. And the rest is history. Clay Shaw was acquitted because Garrison had done something absolutely incredible as a district attorney. I'll just briefly say what it was and then I'll go on to why I'm bringing this up. Um, Garrison when he first interviewed his star witness, um, he, the star witness said, No, I don't know anything about Clay Shaw or Clem Bertrand, or I, I don't know anything about this. So Garrison drugged Perry Russo with a doctor there. He drugged him and guided him through his testimony. And that's when Perry Russo began to start talking about Clay Shaw. So, so that was my father's involvement. His real was really his sole involvement in reporting on the Kennedy assassination. Now, what happened as a result of what my father uncovered was that my father uh, started getting attacked by people uh, verbally, uh, calling him names, uh, you know, you're this, you're that, but nobody disputed the veracity of the documents my father uncovered. And so far, in the communications from Liliana Deluca, over this email from Aliya uh, Kalat. I see no, no, I see nothing addressing the content of the emails. Only defamation of me.
0: Okay, we have to go to commercial. We'll be back in four minutes. Thank you so much for listening.
8: and gentlemen, J.R. Moore here. We have a special promotion going on at Republic Broadcasting. This is a fundraiser for Republic Broadcasting involving the Energy Planner. Mail me a postcard. My address is at my website at thelibertyman.com. We pick a postcard every other Thursday. When your postcard is drawn out, you get to buy an Energy Planner for $215 instead of $285. $70 discount. $200 goes to Republic Broadcasting. You also get a 10% discount on my mattress pads so get those postcards in put your name your telephone number your email address on there and when your postcard is drawn you get to get an energy cleaner for 215 dollars instead of 285 dollars mattress pads 10 percent off help us out at republic broadcasting and help yourself to get an energy cleaner at a deep discount it's a win-win situation for everybody we hope you can get these postcards in soon thank you very much
5: Is your property a financial burden and causing you grief? Have you tried to sell but can't find buyers? Or are you just too busy to sell your property? Don't worry. We have the right solution for you. We buy properties as is, with cash, close in 30 days, and pay all closing costs. Our service is ideal for property owners who are in pre-foreclosure, have high-end repair costs, experiencing financial hardship, going through costly divorces, are relocating, need cash for retirement, Suffering family loss or have tax liens. Whatever your situation may be, we can help you sell your property and get the money you need. If you own a single family home or multiple family units, call us for a free consultation at 888-910-1037. That's 888-910-1037. Or visit our website at cashingproperty.com. That's cashingproperty.com. Sell your property fast and leave all your worries behind.
0: Good evening. Once again, my name is Frank Allen. Tonight, Janet and I have discussed Nils Melser's presentation on October the 16th and how it was very disappointing to some people. But the best medicine sometimes is the truth. And we'll wait and see what he has to say the next time. Go ahead, Janet.
1: Yeah, I, I want to bring up what I think uh, strategically our next step could be. Now, there are basically, there's the Convention Against Torture, and there's a special rapporteur on torture, and they're really sort of separate. And the Convention Against Torture does a, a sort of a revolving review of a country's record on torture every few years and i think it would be important for us those of us who have ngos i have one um i believe there's now the ellen institute on human rights and there are some others uh among us who have organizations behind us i think we should submit papers to the uh convention against torture during the next cycle when they are reviewing the torture record of the United States. And um, we will then have standing to participate in that uh, series of discussions as well. So I'm hoping that uh, that this will be a, a positive next step for us. So I've kind of finished what it is I have to say. Um, if Richard's still on the line, if he'd like to join us, um, yeah, Richard. I'm ready for that.
3: Uh, no, you guys go ahead. I, I
6: didn't want to slow you down, Janet. You've got so much to say, and it's very important. Uh, I will say that
1: uh, Well, pretty it's wrap- oh, very ahead,
0: disappointing Richard. to some, but we'll have to wait and see. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. And I'm going to say it's been a disappointment to okay, everyone. thank you, Richard. Yes, thank you so much for for waiting, especially. Um, things like this with the U.N. just happened. They have their own special protocol, and nobody seems to know what it is. But we have an idea, thanks to people that are actually there um people that are actually on top of it and thank you very much janna janet and um thank you very much richard for hanging in there and i'd, like, I'd
1: to like to close to say, uh,
0: okay you I'd can like close. close
1: i'm sorry no I, I have a quote here um from don bolton who was formerly ambassador To the UN from the U.S. Long.
0: Okay, we lost Janet. Um, I'd like to say good night from Uh, Boston, Massachusetts.
10: Dr. Leonard Horowitz. I was right 30 years ago in warning the world about threatening lab virus outbreaks, AIDS, and Ebola. I was right 20 years ago when FBI Director Robert Mueller made me a suspect in the anthrax mailings because i warned the Bureau before the CIA's biocrime and Cipro sales psyops happened. I was right about COVID-19 being an AIDS-laced mutagen plan to resurge this fall to excuse officials' profitable depopulation globalization agendas. And I was right about the only safeguards being antioxidants and holy spiritual sustenance. Vitamin C, D, Zinc, Chlorophyll, Oxygen and OxySilver especially transmits the frequency resonance to neutralize the expanded function bioweapon. weapon. silver is a double superconductor of the healing power of love. It is the first nutraceutical invented to amplify prayer power and the faithful loving intention of your heart. Buy, try, and stockpile OxySilver through HealthyWorldStore.com.
2: This is RBN, the Republic
3: Broadcasting Network.